Hello and welcome to Poetry Blokes, the podcast where one bloke likes poetry and the other doesn't. I'm Matthew Adamo, failed novelist, third-rate poet, and now a beleaguered poetry teacher. And I'm Rich Gochran, a moderately successful engineer and lifelong lover of things that actually matter, like football, cricket, and the ability to make stuff out of wood. I don't hate poetry, but I do think it's a loss of words, in a confusing order, to say very little. Join us in this series of podcasts as we rummage into the recesses of Rich's mind, pull forth any literary force that may be lying dormant, and see if the world's most literal man can acquire the soul of a poet. He doesn't even believe in souls, so I've got my work cut out already. This week, we're looking at Digging by Seamus Heaney. Between my finger and my thumb, the squat pen rests, snug as a gun. Under my window, a clean rasping sound when the spade sinks into gravelly ground. My father, digging. I look down till his straining rump among the flower beds bends low, comes up twenty years away, stooping in rhythm through potato drills where he was digging. The coarse boot nestled on the lug, the shaft against the inside knee was levered firmly. He rooted out tall tops, buried the bright edge deep to scatter new potatoes that we picked, loving their cool hardness in our hands. By God, the old man could handle a spade, just like his old man. My grandfather cut more turf in a day than any other man on Toner's bog. Once I carried him milk in a bottle corked sloppily with paper. He straightened up to drink it, then fell to right away, nicking and slicing neatly, heaving sods over his shoulder, going down and down for the good turf. Digging. The cold smell of potato mould, the squelch and slap of soggy peat, the curt cuts of an edge through living roots awaken in my head. But I have no spade to follow men like them. Between my finger and my thumb, the squat pen rests. I'll dig with it. So, Rich, what's that all about? Hi, friend. Hello. We're revisiting Seamus. Yes. Number two. Listener request. Yeah. Shout out to Michael. Yeah, thanks for requesting stuff, Michael. Thanks for engaging. Eh? I mentioned last time we did a Seamus Heaney poem that I was a fan. And uh, like a new fan. Like it was the first time I'd ever read any Seamus Heaney and, and I enjoyed it. And i got to say, enjoyed it again. There's something about his down-to-earth descriptions of general farm work that really appeals to me. I should say, actually, that Michael requested a slightly different uh, Heaney poem, but it was death-related, and I feel like we've put you through a lot of death-related <laughs> poems. So I made the executive decision to, to go with digging. So you went with digging and potatoes? <laughs> yeah, very much close to your heart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Quite a well-known uh, Heaney poem as well. Is it? Right, okay. Wasn't well known to me. So, I mean, that's not hard. General vibe. Like I said, I like Seamus. Yep. He likes to talk in detail about farmyard tasks, which appeals to me greatly. He likes to talk about his dad, which I like as well. Dads are cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I found it more difficult to read than follower. Okay, why is that? Um, it was longer. <laughs> Simple. 
Ask a simple question, get a simple answer. <laughs> There's a few curveballs in here, which we'll, yeah. we'll work through. He sent me down the garden path a couple of times to use a footballing vernacular. So yeah, I mean, let's just get straight into it. Between my finger and my thumb, the squat pen rests snug as a gun. So right away, he's lobbed something at me that I can't handle. Is it the gun? It's two part. The squat pen. Yeah. Don't really know what the the relevance of the the size of the pen is to anything. Maybe he's self conscious about having small hands. <laughs> Um, or maybe he's self-conscious about having large hands and he's trying to emphasise that the squat pen makes his hands look bigger than they actually are. It's a matter of perspective. Can you confirm or deny that? I can neither confirm nor deny your observations on Seamus Heaney's hands. I don't think I've ever seen his hands, actually. Interesting. We know that his dad has massive shoulders, so can we extrapolate from that and say the Heaney's are a large-handed family? Well, if they're anything like my ha- family, then... Your hand family. <laughs> my hand family. They're anything like my hand family. They'll have quite the span. Oh, okay. Big span, eh? Got Crinston, didn't know that. In the hand department, yeah. Can I see that on the camera? Just want to see that well, for myself. Well, no, see, now my hands are quite large. Yeah. In span. But girth-wise of finger, I am probably below average. So, like, spindly. I'm like a little spindly spider hand. We've actually got similar hands, I think. I'm just going to hold my hand up for comparison. You can see that? Yeah, I mean, they're similar in the fact that there's four fingers and a thumb and they're hands. I've got spindly fingers like you. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, similar enough. And twins. They're not dissimilar hands. My younger brother has got powerful hands and always has had. And he's can he got, handle a spade? I'm not sure I want this to go out on the pod, but if you remember on my stag do, we played a little game called... Um, Punchy oh, fisty. Shit. Punchy fist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that game. A game I didn't I didn't play because I was terrified and I knew I'd lose, so I didn't even get involved. Yeah. Punchy fisty is a moronic game that you play when you're drunk, where basically two people punch each other in the hand. Uh, well, it, uh, until one gives up. Well, isn't it punching each other in the fist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two fists clashing. Yeah. Just to clarify to anyone listening there, that is literally one man punching another man in the fist and it made i could tell you because i was there it made the most horrendous sound and particularly as it went on and on and we even a group of drunk idiot men started saying we should stop now this is you should really far, stop yeah. this has gone too far that sound is horrible but we didn't stop did we matt we we didn't your brother your brother and whoever his opponent was didn't well, stop i fear i goaded him oh well, that, that does sound um, about right one of my other friends did remind me that I shouted "finish him" at one point. <laughs> who was the other guy who he retired wisely retired? We yeah, he he retired with a broken hand, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> was his hand broken? Uh, I'm not sure it was broken. It was certainly. It was there was swelling. there was definitely some there's definitely swelling the next day. Mm, Dan, who's my friend from school, bragging about his ability to not be beaten at punch of fisty, and then Nick, my large-handed brother, put pay to his. Ambitions of becoming a hand model by <laughs> crushing his hand. Yeah, Nick, Nick does have hands like a bear has paws. Yeah, he's got big yeah. Irish workman hands. That's what he's got. I have to say, actually, if I remember rightly, this, this contest as well, Dan retired quite gracefully, whereas I would have retired sort of in tears. But I think he just said, nah, I'm going to stop now, and then stopped. <laughs> and, that, that, and then that was that, and we carried on the evening. Yeah, yeah. It was quite surreal, really. I mean, it's a gentleman's sport, really. 
the rules were were well observed. <laughs> they were, yeah. It sounds they barbaric, were... <laughs> but actually, it's it's a game of finesse and of nuance, and it's played in the spirit of the game. Oh yeah, I think when there were like eight or so people saying maybe we should knock this on the head, <laughs> you oh. can understand what sort of game it is. Anyway, we had fun. We had a lovely time. Nobody got hurt in the long term. Yeah. Anyway, so we've gone off piste already. I was just inquiring about the size of his hands. I think he's got a bit of a hang-up about the size of his hands. But then he says snug as a gun, which is a strange... Yeah, I was just thinking, is he trying to imply that the pen is like his weapon? I don't know, you tell me. Well, it's a bit odd because like, no gun doesn't pop up. That sort of imagery doesn't occur in the rest of the poem either, snug as a gun. So I can only think that he's relating his pen to a weapon. But also it fits him snugly in the same way that, as we learn in the poem, that the spade fits his dad and granddad. I mean, snug is gun backwards with an S on the front. Maybe you just thought, <laughs> put that in. Conspiracy theorist. You just wrote snug and thought, as a, well, let's do the same word again, but do it backwards. Nug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, weird start. The point of that is that he's writing. That's the point of that first bit. Then goes on to say, under my window. A clean, rasping sound when the spade sinks into gravelly ground. My father digging. I really like that bit. Yep. It rhymes nicely. It's very clear what he's describing. I was happy. I looked down. Well, it's the end of that stanza. He did that thing where he splits it across two to make it yeah. difficult to read. Sound ground down. That's why. That's fine. But then when you're trying to split it up to talk about it, it makes it difficult because I had to stop before the end of the stanza in order to talk about this next bit. Had to. <laughs> I looked down to his straining rump among the flower beds. He's sitting in his room, in his bedroom, presumably. He can hear his dad digging outside. He takes a little look out. He can see him, him digging away. That's fine. To the straining rump among the flower beds, Benslow comes up 20 years away. I'm just going to shrug my shoulders at you, Matt. Why are we saying right. what's happened here? I'm going to double check this and it's going to require some typing. So I'm warning Dom because Dom uh, has chastised me several times for typing while speaking, which makes it difficult to edit. I should take this opportunity to drink some of my tea. Mint tea. Peppermint. Can't be having caffeine at this time of day. Our mate Seamus is, is a kid. Looking out the window at his dad. Okay. Oh, he's a kid in the last one as well. Yeah. This poem comes from Death of a Naturalist, which came out in 1966. It would kind of make sense that he'd be writing this maybe in his mid-20s or late-20s, looking back 20 years ago at the memory, as it were. Okay. Sorry, a bit older, looking back uh, 20 years at the memory of his father. So I think maybe till his streaming rump among the flower beds bends low in that moment, comes up 20 years away, comes up sort of in the present moment where Seamus is thinking of it, if that makes sense. I think he's sort of drawing a parallel between the memory, as in imagining himself as a child back at that time, but also the moment of recalling that memory, both at the same time. Okay. I can get on board with that. Yeah. So he's like, I'm a little kid looking at my dad digging, but I'm also at the same time my present self looking back on the memory of me as a kid looking at my dad. Do you think he's sitting in his room again? <laughs> Same room. Yeah, he just went back for the weekend, sat in his room, and he's like, Yeah, I remember when dad used to dig. Yeah, I can remember that sound. Good times. What was outside the window? Rasping sound and gravelly ground. What was. 
Some of us are trying to sleep. Yeah. Trying to undermine the house. <laughs> Careful, Dad. Anyway. And then, so he says, stooping in rhythm through potato drills where he was digging. Now, potato drills, I assume, is like the repetitive motion. It's like a fitness fad. It's like doing a burpee, but you're planting a potato. I wasn't sure if it was that or if a potato drill was like a specific type of, I don't know, you know, like a bean row or something. A potato like a drill, a drill, a drill that you use to <laughs> create holes in the ground, putting your potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> it's like a spud gun, but in reverse. Yeah, well, maybe. I bet you love the next bit, though. The coarse boot nestled on the lug. Yes. Yeah, I've just circled this stanza and giving it a tick. <laughs> High praise indeed. Loved it. I'm all over this. There's some good detail about digging. Of course, don't laugh when I'm talking. <laughs> but I can't help it. <laughs> the coarse boot nestled on the lug. The shaft against the inside knee was levered firmly. Detailed description of digging. Very visceral digging thoughts going through my mind. I liked it. And mention of a lever, which I know would, would make you happy. <laughs> yeah, I am. Pro-lever. <laughs> he rooted out to tall tops, buried the bright edge deep. I don't know what tall tops are. I don't really mind. <laughs> to scatter new potatoes that we picked. And then the last line's a bit weird. Loving their cool hardness in our hands. I mean... Well, he's done you there. It's quite a sexy description of potato. <laughs> They're very important, Rich. Mm, well, yeah, I know. But he's done you there with putting a memory within a memory, hasn't he? He's remembering something and then he says, to scatter new potatoes that we picked, which obviously is happening at a slightly different time because his dad is currently digging for said potatoes what Seamus has done is he's written Inception hasn't he <laughs> yeah man ahead of his time dreams within dreams potatoes within potatoes <laughs> lovely cool hardness yeah lovely loving their cool hardness it's weird that it's cool hardness and not hard coolness I don't know if it's weird but like it could, it could be the other way around loving their cool hardness so their quality of them being hard is cool rather than hard coolness I don't know, I, just, uh, I was just playing around with that. I was like, hey, it could have gone either way, but he went for cool hardness. That's how I'd like to be described if somebody said, can you describe Rich in two words? <laughs> cool hardness. L- levered firmly, I'd go with. <laughs> <laughs> the shaft, actually. The shaft. <laughs> On the lug. <laughs> Do you have a premier product or sensational service that Poetry Bloke listeners would love? Advertise with us to reach an audience who love to laugh, are obviously very cool and sophisticated, and have immaculate taste. I mean, they're here listening to this gold, aren't they? Go to poetryblokes.com forward slash advertising to advertise with us today. He holds his dad in high regard, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, in the follower, he's always talking about how double-hard his, his dad is. Yeah. Got shoulders <laughs> like sails. He could batter you, basically. He could mess dad. you up. He Don't mess, mess with his right dad. Up. And by God, can he handle a spade? I like that. I did like that line. Yeah. Just like his old man. So they're, they're a family of diggers. Yeah. All the way back to the first I one. I mean, the thing about digging that people don't realise, well, maybe they do realise, but it's worth pointing out, it's absolutely exhausting to dig. Yeah. Like, you think digging something, you'd be like, no worries, I'll just dig a hole. And then after like five minutes of digging, you're like, this is hell. This is absolute hell. Bought myself a pickaxe uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, of course you did. Is that for the dwarves? I don't know why I said that. Cut that. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> any, don't any cut sense. that. Leave it in. People have to know. <laughs> I had some digging to do. 
What, what were you digging? Down a mine shaft? No, I just had some compacted ground. You need to get through. Is that when you were laying the path? Uh, it was an associated task, but not directly linked. Why are you being so... <laughs> I was digging out... So, so secretive. I don't know. <laughs> it was an associated non-path related task, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> where, where I dig in my own time is my business. <laughs> it was just a flower bed near the path. <laughs> okay. Underneath the topsoil was quite compact. I didn't do want to tell you because it's such such a boring thing. I wish I'd never brought it up. <laughs> so much better to be secretive about taking over a flower bed. <laughs> I definitely was not using it to destroy any property near my house that may belong to an annoying neighbour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this brag, by the way. Sorry, just to... no. I want to get onto that in a minute. I, oh, I you got your to... own brag comments. Okay, I want to talk about that as well because it is a great brag. Just on the by God, the old man can handle a spade, just like his old man. Again, we're going deeper into the dream sequence. He's thinking about his dad, and now he's thinking about his dad's dad. But I was also thinking, how great would it be to be hero-worshipped by your kid so much that he thinks of you, man, he could handle a spade. God, do you remember dad? God, he could handle a spade. <laughs> Is that your dream? Yeah, but I want mine to be with spreadsheets. <laughs> wow. Are you that good at spreadsheets? I'm pretty good, mate. How good's pretty good? I don't know, because everyone thinks they're good at Excel. And then you meet somebody else who's like really good at it. Um, do you write your own macros? I'll do a bit of VBA, yeah, sure. Oh, a little bit of VBA. Dabble. A dabble. <laughs> I hope they don't think of you. No, I hope, I hope they, they think of me as being good at something. <laughs> I reckon it'll be, wow, dad could really sink a few, couldn't he? Like he oh, could really yeah, just put, nice. he, he just really put in a shift and 10 or 15 just go straight down. Yeah. That would be good, actually. <laughs> and oh. he's more, more attainable, I think. I can do it now. I don't even need to work towards it. Yeah, exactly. Just straight off. Straight off the bat. Be great. <laughs> every Christmas, every birthday. What would you like your kids to look for? I don't know. What would I do? Do I have any skills? Oh, I really knew his way around a poem. That yeah. old man. I don't know if I want, even want them to say that. You could jump a long way. Yes. Oh, I'd have that, actually. Yeah, I would take that. Yeah. Thighs of iron. I'll... Yes. Old man yeah. Adamo. Old man Adamo, yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. Neighbourhood nickname, Old Man Adamo. <laughs> like, I'll be like, bent over, bent double. And they'll be like, he used to be able to jump two metres standing. All the kids would be like, really? Well, obviously they wouldn't because they'd be like wearing their VR headsets or something. Floating around the place. And then I'd be like, do you remember, do you remember when you had simple games? Like, jumping as far as possible from standing? Oh, I was the best at that. <laughs> what a time to be alive. But whatever you're good at, your dad needs to have been good at as well. Uh, my dad also has mighty thighs. So Does yeah, it? there is that. Yeah. I'm not sure what skills my dad and I both share. You're like quite opposite, aren't you, in that in skills? Isn't your dad like a musician, like a really talented music teacher? Yeah, that's exactly what he is, yeah. Let's not go down not dwell. Let's not, not dwell on the fact that me and my dad have got nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> we both like silly jokes and, yes. and just general silliness. That's where we have a common ground. And the love of old like mechanical things, like steam engines, I suppose. Oh, there you go. Is that where your love of engineering came from? Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Got loads in common. But <laughs> in terms of like physical things we've passed down in, in sort of lineage, other than the big hands, not much. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading my notes for the next bit then. I thought you'd be like, oh no, I've touched like something, a deep chord within him. And he's, he's not going to talk to me anymore. I don't have any deep chords, Matt. <laughs> That's true, yeah. They're all that on is the true. surface. Uh, so anyway, right. 
So the next thing he goes on to say is, my grandfather cut more turf in a day than any other man on Tony's bog. As you said, what a brag that is. Such a great brag. It's such a good brag. What a great brag. How many men are on Tona's bog? Like, I could think seven. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Than any other man. There's not a man that couldn't hold a candle to him. He was an absolute <laughs> turf monster. But again, I mean, obviously, we don't know the geography, but the way he says it is like, everybody knows Tona's bog. That's what <laughs> made me laugh. It's yeah. like, yeah. My, do you know my grandfather? He cut more turf in a day than any other man on Toner's Bog. And everyone was like, like oh my well, God, wow. The Toner's Bog? Yeah. Is the Toner's Bog, is that the boggiest of bogs? Notoriously difficult to get turf out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Not for his old grandfather, though. Smashed it. I like the milk in a bottle. Yeah, that's, love, that's also oh, nice. I love this. This is probably my favourite bit of the poem, actually. There's a real wholesomeness. I once carried in milk in a bottle, corked sloppily with paper. He straightened up to drink it, then fell to right away, nicking and slicing neatly. I did think if I'd been working all day up on the bog, slicing turf, I'm not sure I'd want a glass of milk as my refreshing pit stop. I've never understood the glass of milk. Claggy. Yeah, awful. Just like, bleh. Yeah, claggy is a good word for it. Yeah. And sort of that, it leaves that sort of silken film on your tongue afterwards as well. Mm. Like imagine, imagine just, yeah, sweatily digging up a bog and it sort of goes, do you want this sort of heavy... Lactose filled drink, and you're like, ah, uh, mm. no, but I guess nothing else available really at the time. Yeah, it made me, made me think of a university. I used to get McDonald's if I was hungover. I, for years, I ordered a milkshake, and for years, it would sit in my stomach and make me feel even worse than when I started. I think, why have I done this to myself? But Seamus's grandfather is a more robust individual than me, he's a more robust individual than me in every way including yeah. his stomach. There's no lactose intolerance in that family. <laughs> no, absolutely. It wasn't invented back then. No, just got on with it. Just did a lot of farts. But it didn't matter because you're outside. Work in the bog. <laughs> uh... So over his shoulder, going down and down for the good turf digging. When I read this, I, I still had the comes up 20 years away bit in my head. And going down and down. And I did think to myself, how deep is this hole that his dad is digging in the garden? It's Tony's bog, mate. Are we in Tony's bog still? We're not in the yeah. garden again. It must be his grandfather. My grandfather cut more turf in a day than any other man on Tony's bog. Once I carried him milk in a bottle, he straightened up to drink it and fell right away, nicking and slicing, neatly heaving sods over his shoulder, going down and down for the good turf digging. You don't know it's a Tony's bog, to be fair. I get lost in pans, right? And I cling on to bits that I shouldn't. And I discard bits that I shouldn't. And the image I had in my brain at this point is Seamus looking out of his bedroom window into his garden. And in his garden, there's a massive great hole that his dad and his granddad are in the bottom of and they just keep digging and no one can stop them from digging. And they begin digging this hole in the garden for 20 years and it's absolutely massive. <laughs> down and to they China. just keep going down and down <laughs> and down. And everyone's like, why are they still digging the hole? And they're like, they're trying to get to the good turf for the potatoes. And they're like, Bring me some milk. <laughs> and they lower them down some milk on a rope in a bucket. And they're like, are they still digging? He's like, yeah, yeah, still going down, still going down. <laughs> so that's the image I had in my head at this point, which is probably not the image that Seamus was trying to convey, but that's what I, I don't got think to. it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it is. Because then a bit later on, it, it sort of compounded because he said, but I have no spade to follow men like them. So I was like, <laughs> so well, far away. They're so far away. You're never going to catch them up, mate. The, the hole is massive. They've been digging for ages. 
If you've not got a spade, you don't stand a chance. <laughs> no, sadly, I think they're two different memories. <laughs> Although I do enjoy the idea of his dad and his granddad just so caught up in the digging, not taking a break <laughs> just, just to say, just have, should we stop now? Just keep going. Maybe they're really competitive against each other. Maybe, yeah. Do you think there's two separate rival holes? <laughs> Beside each other. Beside each other. <laughs> you can stop now. Just very narrow, deep holes. <laughs> Dig up. <laughs> The cold smell of potato mould, the squelch and slap of soggy peat, the curt cut of an edge, through living roots awaken in my head. That's a hard one to read. That threw me off a bit. It is. It's good. It's quite a good image, though. So he's, again, he's relating the memory to the present. Potato mould, squelch and slap, soggy peat, curt cut of an edge, through living roots. That's the link. Awaken in my head. So through living roots. So obviously what he's talking about there is in the memory of the potato digging, etc. Yeah. Is that his granddad is cutting through the living roots of something, but also there are living roots of the memory in Seamus's mind that uh-huh. are now awakening in his head. But he's got no spade to follow men like them. I don't really get it. What bit don't you get? That bit we've just gone over. So the cold smell of potato mould, the squelch yeah. and slap of soggy pit. Right. Yeah. So he's remembering those smells. Within which dream of his dream, with which level of the inception? Is he coming back up out of inception or is he still going further down? He's still in the inception. Okay. He's still in grandfather level inception at this point. Still in grandfather, so we haven't started coming back up the chain yet. If you read it, I'll tell you when we start coming out of inception. Okay. The cold smell of potato mould, the squelch and slap of soggy peat, the curt cuts and it... (laughs) <laughs> bong tree <laughs> let's start that again the cold smell of potato mould the squelch and slap soggy peat the curt cuts of an edge through living roots awaken in my head there there awaken awaken is the trigger word for coming out of inception right okay so has he come all the way up or is he in dad level he's gone all the way up there he's gone all the he's way up he's past dad he's all the way up he's, he's, he's in the present day back to present day but, is what he's saying is the living roots. It's that parallel. So it's the roots that are literally in the soil that his granddad's cutting through. Mm. And also he's using that as an image as the roots of the memory that are still living in him. Right. Seamus. So through living roots awaken in my head, but I've no spade to follow men like them. So now he's in the present looking back fully out of inception. Yeah, okay, cool. So then he proposes that he's going to use his pen to do the digging. And you think that's silly? That's ridiculous, isn't it? They've been at it for 20 years, digging their own holes. They're both well deep. He's never going to catch them up with a pen. He needs a JCP, really. Yeah, just a big digger. Just a big yeah. digger. Yeah, other, yeah. other brands are available. <laughs> so between my finger and thumb, squat pen rest, I'll dig with it. He's, he's dropped the reference to the gun now. That's why I was saying earlier on, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because he just mentions the gun to begin with and then sort of doesn't, doesn't really come back. It's like he opens with a threat. Yeah, this is, this is it. Just so everybody knows, when you're reading this poem, I've got a gun. <laughs> I know what it feels like to hold a gun. It's a really small squat one that you can write with, but it is a gun nevertheless. Yeah, like, why are you threatening us, Seamus? What's this got to do with <laughs> Your insecurity about your potato digging <laughs> is one thing, but you cannot let it manifest as violence, Seamus. Please. Threatening people with your gun. Yeah, so again, I'll dig with it, implying that he can't actually handle a spade like his father and grandfather, and he's not of the same ilk as them. Yeah. He's obviously a learned man, so his tool of choice would be the pen. That's fine, but I think you should be able to do both, personally. My personal opinion. Yeah, gone are the days, really, where you could be like a 
polymath and have like several strings to your bow. Wasn't it? I can't, I can't remember who it is, but there's a Roman emperor who they made emperor and then he did his emperoring and then he retired and he's like, I didn't really want to do this. And he went back to his farm. But he was so good at it that they actually tracked him down on his farm and was like, can you come back and be emperor again? And he was like, all right, because you've asked. And then he <laughs> went back and did a good, good job. Emperors? No, I don't know. I can't remember who he is. Can we name all five good emperors? Is that good podcasting? I think I might be able to do this. Antoninus Pius. Yeah. Marcus Aurelius. He's the last one, isn't he? Yeah. Augustus. No, because they're five after each other, aren't they? What was Augustus one? So I think Augustus was one. Cato. I'm going to have to look it up. So you've got Pius, you've got Aurelius. Yeah, yeah. You... Uh, Augustus? No. Oh, Hadrian. Hadrian's one, yeah. Was Cato one? No. Wallen's got a column. <laughs> Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> this is bad podcasting. That's really annoying. I, I'm sure I used to know all five. Do you want me to put you out of your misery? Is there one that begins with A? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, give me the other two. Trajan. Oh, I always forget Trajan, yeah. And Nerva. Nerva, that's the one I forget. I would never have got Nerva. Let me see if I can find that farmer one quickly. Lucius Quinctius Cincinnatus. Oh, don't know him. He was a conservative opponent of the rights of the plebeians who fell into poverty because of his son's violent opposition to their desire for a written code of equitably enforced laws. Despite his old age, he worked his own small farm until an invasion prompted his fellow citizens to call for his leadership. He came from his plough to assume complete control over the state, but upon achieving a swift victory, relinquished his power and its perquisites and returned to his farm. His success and immediate resignation of his near-absolute authority was the end of the crisis. Now there's a rarity, isn't it? The man who has all the power and hands it back. What a man. Yeah, crisis resolved. He resigned his commission, having served 21 days. This is the second time. Various aspects of the story are connected with the dubious etiological legends, and it may have no more connection to the dead of... Okay, there it is. Lucius Quinctius Cincinnatus. Remember the name, if you can. Which I can't, I've already forgotten it. (laughs) (laughs) Bong tree. There's no biography to do for Seamus because we've already done it. So if you want to hear more about Seamus Heaney's life, listen to our earlier podcast called Follower, where we do discuss Heaney's life in more depth. Mm, Yeah, I've forgotten that we wouldn't have that bit. So yeah, anyway, right. So just to recap, I enjoyed it. Didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Follower. I do like Seamus Heaney. There's something about what he writes about that I find very appealing. Got a good name as well, isn't he, Seamus? It's that sort of wet, damp bogginess that really resonates with your soul. I haven't met many people who share my opinion that drizzle is the best kind of weather, but I sort of think Seamus might agree with me. You'd have more chance for Seamus than many others, I put it that way. I don't know why people don't like it. It's miserably depressing. This is your Mediterranean roots coming through. You're longing for the sun and the... Give me 18 to 20 degrees and just sort of blue skies. No. Great. California is great. I go there. Live there. I mean, it's on fire currently, but <laughs> if it gets past that little snag, it's a great place. Really? I haven't been. It's excellent. Nah. I drove around it in a red Mustang. How often does it drizzle? Not very often at all over there. Not for me, then, is it? Everyday blue skies and palm trees. Awful. Or fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite extreme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fire or drought. <laughs> Going well on planet Earth, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The only last thing I wanted to say 
was that this poem evoked some memories in me. Namely, the whole time I was reading this, I was thinking about Time Team. Oh, I do love Time Team. Every Sunday morning, an hour of Time Team, all over that. For anybody who hasn't come across Time Team, the Channel 4 program that was about archaeology, and nine times out of ten, because people were just digging holes in the field and didn't find anything. <laughs> and if they did find anything, it was a Roman villa. Always a Roman villa. Yes, yeah, so many fillers. Oh, the occasional fort. Yeah, it's good though. Check it out on YouTube. I'm sure it's there. You need to get the like the good 90s, early 2000s ones. Yeah. Particularly the guy, I can't remember his name, but the bloke who's from Cornwall or whatever with the, the guy hat from and Somerset. shorts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just wear shorts all the time. Oh, I forget his name now. It had Tony He's Robinson in it from Blackadder. So. What more could you want? And the other thing it made me think of is the nation's foremost venture theme park for diggers, Diggerland. What? It's been my ambition now for many years to visit Diggerland. I'm yet to go. haven't found the time. But there's a theme park in the UK called Diggerland where it's everything. It's just diggers. It's just digger mad, Matt. Can you go on the diggers? Yes. Oh, mate, we got to go. I've loved diggers ever since I was a little kid. <laughs> of course you have, because they're the best. Uh, there's one down near Exeter and there's one in Kent. But yeah, Matt, if you Google it, mate, it's absolutely nuts. You, I've got to check this. There's rides that are digger-based. You just drive diggers around. There's one called the Spin Dizzy, which is a big digger, and you sit, and, sit in the bucket, and it spins you around. You can drive dumper trucks, dirt diggers. You can dig for buried treasure. I'm slightly disappointed that they seem to be mainly children in these promotional shots. Yeah, now you mention it, they are, largely. <laughs> there are some adults. And we could be those some adults. This is amazing. Anyway, this has just turned into us talking about our love of diggers. We need to promote this in the promotional material for this show. Diggerland, for real. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of Diggerland. Never been, but it looks like heaven. On that note, do you want to give us your engineer's overview? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot I had to do that. Would you like it in Seamus's native accent or in my own? Definitely the accent, yep. No, that's a joke. I'm not doing it. I haven't had my training yet. Oh, please, Michael. <laughs> Step in. Digging by Seamus Heaney. Bong tree. <laughs> <laughs> Digging by Seamus Heaney. I'm writing with my gun. Dad is outside digging the hole. Him and Grandad have been at it for 20 years. They're very deep. I don't have a spade but I do have a pen, so I'll dig with that. But I won't catch them, because as I said, they're very deep. A haunting image of a child, his pen, <laughs> and his father and grandfather digging <laughs> for days and days. Thank you, Rich. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And thank you all. Join us next week when we look at Macavity, the Mystery Cat by T.S. Eliot. <laughs> Did you just groan a little bit there? Bit iffy on cats, aren't I? Still at war with them. <laughs> Do you have a well-known poem you'd like us to discuss? Or maybe you've written your own engineer's overview you'd like to share. And if you have an embarrassing poetry-related story, well, then you definitely have to get in touch. Go to poetryblokes.com forward slash submissions now to let us know all about it and you could play a part in the next show. Poetry Blokes is created and hosted by Matthew Adamo and Richard Cochran. 
Our theme music is Press Start by The Laszlo Project. Buy their music by going to bandcamp.com and searching The Laszlo Project. Our producer is Dominic Gore.